Dearly beloved brethren, the scripture moveth us in sundry places to acknowledge and confess our manifold sins and wickedness, and that we should not dissemble nor cloak them before the face of Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, but confess them with an humble, lowly, penitent, and obedient heart, to the end that we may obtain forgiveness of the same by his infinite goodness and mercy. And although we ought at all times humbly to acknowledge our sins before God, yet ought we most chiefly so to do, when we assemble and meet together to render thanks for the great benefits that we have received at his hands, to set forth his most worthy praise, to hear his most holy word, and to ask those things which are requisite and necessary, as well for the body as the soul. Wherefore, I pray and beseech you, as many as are here present, to accompany me with a pure heart and humble voice unto the throne of the heavenly grace, saying after me, Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises, declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who desireth not the death of a sinner, but rather that he may turn from his wickedness and live, and hath given power and commandment to his ministers to declare and pronounce to his people being penitent, the absolution and remission of their sins. He pardoneth and absolveth all them that truly repent and are unfeignedly believe his holy gospel. Wherefore, let us beseech him to grant us true repentance and his Holy Spirit, that those things may please him which we do at this present, and that the rest of our life hereafter may be pure and holy, so that at the last we may come to his eternal joy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Psalms are Psalms 13 and 14.
Here beginneth the second verse of the sixth chapter of the book of Exodus. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord, and I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, by the name of God Almighty, but by my name Jehovah was I not known to them. And I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God. And ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you in unto the land, concerning the which I did swear to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give it to you for an heritage. I am the Lord. 
And Moses spake so unto the children of Israel, but they hearkened not unto Moses for anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Go in, speak unto Pharaoh king of Egypt, that he let the children of Israel go out of his land. And Moses spake before the Lord, saying, Behold, the children of Israel have not hearkened unto me. How then shall Pharaoh hear me, who am of uncircumcised lips? And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, and gave them a charge unto the children of Israel, and unto Pharaoh king of Egypt, to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Here endeth the first lesson.
Here beginneth the first verse of the fifth chapter of Paul's letter to the Romans. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man one will die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commandeth his love towards us, in that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more, then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Here endeth the second lesson.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Almighty and everlasting God, 
who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all them that are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Grant, we beseech thee, Almighty God, that we, who for our evil deeds do worthily deserve to be punished, by the comfort of thy grace may mercifully be relieved through our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ our Saviour. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Almighty God, the fountain of all wisdom, we humbly beseech thee to bless our Sovereign Lady, Queen Elizabeth, and all who are set in authority under her, that they may order all things in wisdom, righteousness, and peace, to the honour of thy holy name and the good of thy church and people, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. God save our gracious Sovereign and all the members of the royal family. Amen. Let us pray. O God of love, who in a world estranged from thee did send forth thy Son to turn humankind from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to thyself the living God, Overcome in us, we pray, all pride and self-will, and remake us as a people in whom thou art well pleased, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Father of mercy, whose Son, Jesus Christ, deigned to take our nature, 
to be the sharer of our sorrows, the companion of our journeys, the light of our ignorance, and the remedy of our weakness. Fill us with the grace of thy Spirit, that as he has been born in our likeness, so we may grow into his, through the same Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord our God, from whom neither life nor death can separate those who trust in thy love, and whose love holds in its embrace thy children in this world and the next, so unite us to thyself that in fellowship with thee we may always be united to our loved ones, whether here or there. Give us courage constancy and hope through him who died and was buried and rose again for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We pray to thee, O compassionate Lord, and ask thee to guard us in peril, to direct us in doubt, and to save us from falling into sin, from the evil that is around us and within us, graciously deliver us. Make the path of duty plain before us, and keep us in it even unto the end, for the sake of thy Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost, be with us all evermore. Amen. Our anthem for this evening is Save Us, O Lord, by Edward Bearstow.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. At the beginning of our New Testament reading this evening, Paul states to the church in Rome how they can have peace with God. He affirms they have peace with God not because of anything that they have done or could do, but because of faith. Specifically, Paul tells them, they have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there hasn't felt like an overflowing abundance of peace in our world lately. Globally, there has been significant fear, in fact. The pandemic has brought fear into our life from what seems like every angle, for our health and that of our loved ones, as well as fear of isolation, fear of crowds, fear of financial struggle, amongst other things. And it's not that the pandemic is the only thing that's been going on in our world or our individual lives over these past 12 months either. A lot of normal life with its full array of joys and sorrows has continued. But the pandemic has certainly heightened our sense of uncertainty and fear on quite a universal scale. So what does the peace we have with Christ, described by Paul in this passage, look like in the midst of such fear and uncertainty? Well, let us explore briefly this evening how the peace that God offers us has the power to transform our lives. It has the power to influence and infiltrate our responses to the situations that we find ourselves in, where there is suffering, uncertainty, or doubt. For the peace that Paul refers to isn't about a lack of anxiety or nerves. He's not talking about our emotions as if to say that through God we'll always be relaxed and chilled. Peace out. Rather, the peace Paul tells us we can have with God through Christ is that of a reconciled relationship. Through Christ, we are no longer separated from God. We're no longer cut off or as strangers living in a foreign land. And the wider context of this passage in Romans is one of belonging, of who belongs to God's family and how they come to that belonging. That's what Paul has explored in the previous four chapters. He's written about circumcision and being a part of Abraham's family. In the context of the day, some were saying that only Jews could be true followers of Jesus, or only those who were circumcised, that that was the sign of whether you belonged or not. However, according to Paul, the only thing that sets people apart as belonging to the divine is that they have faith and trust. Nothing else. What's more, Paul tells us that this faith is itself a gift. In part, what Paul is saying here is that Christ didn't die only for those who are good or noble. He didn't just die for those who are morally upright or those who always do the right thing. The very heart of Paul's message is that God commandeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, while we were broken, 
while we were rebellious, while we were looking out for ourselves and only ourselves, while we were doubting or afraid or hiding from God, Christ died for us. While we were indifferent to him, Christ died for us. The heart of everything that Paul has been driving at is this. At the centre of all things in heaven and on earth in time and for eternity is a God who laid down his life for all types of person, for everyone. Not because of what we did or do or might do to earn it, but out of his extraordinary generosity in loving us and for the sake of joy, for our joy and his. And this is the grounding and orienting reality of our faith and of our lives. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For Paul goes on, if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more surely having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life. This is so extremely vital for us to grasp and remember, because in our humanity, we tend to get mixed up about these things. Sometimes we live as if there are strings attached to our relationship with God, things we have to do to be worthy somehow, ways of being that enable us to feel more like we belong or like we're keeping up our end of the bargain. But that is not the order of things. That's us turning love and belonging and relationship upside down. Real love, the kind of love that Christ showed us on Calvary, is one that doesn't require anything in advance. It doesn't look out for itself first. It doesn't ask for change ahead of time. Instead, love sacrifices itself for the sake of the other. This is how we know what love is, that God lays down his life for us. And this changes things. If at the centre of the universe, and thus also at the centre of each of our lives, is a loving God who lays down his life for the sake of his people, in love and in joy, well, everything changes. It changes the orientation of our lives. It changes our mindset and our actions. It takes us from thinking that we have to be a certain type of person or have a certain amount of faith or change certain parts of ourselves before we can be looked upon as worthy to joyfully and freely basking in the magnificent, generous, extravagant love of God. And through that love, and because of that love, forming a relationship with the divine and growing and growing more into his likeness. It's not change first and be loved second. It's know you are loved first and foremost, and from that, then be drawn into a transformational relationship. And maybe this magnificent, generous, extravagant love of God can shed some light on Paul's thoughts earlier in the passage. He says, we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience, experience, and experience hope. 
but we know that we do not always glory in our tribulations. And it doesn't always feel like those tribulations produces patient, patience or leads ultimately to hope. I see this on a near daily basis in my work at the hospital. Suffering is very real and it can pierce someone extremely deeply. Suffering has the power to overcome us and have a lasting and devastating effect. But I wonder, when suffering comes to us, in any one of its many guises, maybe starting from a place of knowing that we are loved totally and unconditionally, gives us that little bit of strength we need to go on. Maybe it's through that relationship with the divine, rooted in and cultivated by God's overriding love for us, that we might muster the strength to endure and move forward inch by inch, even millimetre by millimetre. Knowing that we're not alone, knowing that the Holy Spirit has been given to us, knowing ultimately that in our fears and our uncertainties, in our sufferings and pain, we are loved and held by a God who knows what it is to suffer and to die. A God who not only walks with us through the pains of this life, but lives within our hearts to transform us.
Thank you for joining us this evening for Choral Evensong on this, the fourth Sunday of Lent. An especially warm welcome if you're joining us online for the first time. There's a lot going on in the parish over um, Lent and Holy Week and Easter, so please do keep an eye on our website and our social media platforms um, and maybe sign up for our mailing list if you'd like to know more about those. In particular, for our Easter vigil, uh, we're looking for people from around the world, our community online, um, wherever you are, to provide readings for that service from your gardens. It um, doesn't matter how big or small your garden may be, it might be a balcony, it could be just a plant pot, um, but if you are wanting, if you would like to join in our service by recording a reading um, in your garden um, that we can then produce online, um, then please do let us know, get in contact with us, um, and we will give you more information. Our Lent appeal uh, this year is for a charity and company called Redemption Roasters. They are the world's first um, prison-based coffee roasters, and their objective is to help offenders um, to leave prison, to gain employment, um, in order for them then not to re-offend. So they have a roastery in Her Majesty's Prison, the Mount, and they train people up. And then there's, I think, eight coffee shops around London um, where they then train and employ ex-offenders. Uh, and the closest one to us here in Smithfield is just around the corner on Long Lane. So they have a hardship fund which goes to, um, towards contributing costs and uh, giving expenses to those people that they help and train. So if you can give anything, however big or small, to our Lent Appeal this year, then we would be very grateful and I know that they would be very grateful. So again, a link for uh, doing that is, uh, is on the social media channels that you're on presently. Not only uh, that, but um, as regular viewers will be very well aware, we are um, always asking for contributions and donations in order to help us continue our ministry and our service here in the parish in Smithfield and beyond. So if you're able to give anything at all to the church, um, then again, uh, regardless of however big or small that may be, we would be very grateful. Um, and there will be links on the websites there as well. For now, please bow your heads for God's blessing. The peace of God which passeth all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.